Welcome to Practice Freedom. What if you could hang out with owners and founders from all sorts of healthcare private practices, having rich conversations about their successes and their failures, and then take an insight or two to inspire your own growth? Each week on Practice Freedom, we take an in-depth look at how to get the most out of both the clinical side and the business side of the practice, get the most out of your people, and most of all, how to live the healthy life that you deserve. I'm Mark Henderson Leary. I'm a business coach and an entrepreneurial operating system implementer. I have a passion that everyone should feel in control of their life. And so what I do is I help you get control of your business. Part of how I do that is by letting you listen in on these conversations in order to make the biggest impact in your practice and ultimately live your best life. Let's get started. Welcome back to Practice Freedom. It's me, Mark, and I'm recording this episode just a few minutes after the last interview. So if I sound just like I did then, because I'm still getting over the cold, and it seems like a week has passed since you heard me, it's only been five minutes for me. So inspired by the last conversation, it's not a recap. I don't like the idea of recapping, but having had a great conversation, I thought, maybe you disagree, with Dr. Mike Neal. One of the things we touched on was relativity of staff quality, you know, you running your practice at levels today and you look around and like, this is, this is typical. What is typical relative to good and bad? That's the question because for me as an outsider, I get frustrated. So before we dig into this, just don't, just a reminder, you know, I I hate to kind of make this an advertisement, but I guess that's what it is. If you're stuck, reach out, please, for God's sake, don't say stuck. If you're imagining a great practice really healthy, really profitable with a great leadership team with a great culture that you love to participate in and everybody else does too, but you're stuck, don't know how to quite get there, please reach out. I'd love to help and at least get you on the, on your way. And so practicefreedom.com slash schedule. We can talk about what that first step looks like or not. Anyway, here's the topic. Staff quality, the standard of staff quality in your organization right now. How do you know if, if your version of normal is close to good, close to the max possible, just not the same, different concept entirely. So like we know it's not good, but like what else is there to do? Or are we really worse in class? Are we, if I looked behind the curtain at the other practices, the other businesses around, would they be so much better? And I just have the worst of the worst. How would you know? So I'm here to tell you, it's probably not good. (laughs) It's probably not good. And so uh, that being said, some people who, you know, I've had people on the, on the show like Chris Light and other folks that really have great cultures and they know it and, and you, can, you can tell they know and, and that's part of the benchmark. So from my perspective, a couple of things to note. One is the general, you know, a couple measurement points, biomarkers, if you will. And there's two and that is staff quality, maybe staff quality, staff cultural health different ways to look at it. And there is leadership team health. And it's interesting that I don't think we look at those in the same way. And because I think what ends up happening is that we show up, you show up, the teams I work with show up and, and you have like kind of a reaction to who's there. Like, man, this is exciting. Great. Look at that. Oh my gosh. Look at the new person. Look, they're doing great work. This is awesome. Or how could these people think this is okay? 
And that's the problem, right? That we, we identify that like, like all right, we're, we're absolutely held hostage to shortage of people. And this, this is tough. You know, it's tough times. It's hard. We can't. And I think that's obviously, I say obviously, hopefully it's obvious. Hopefully I'm saying that and you're kind of rejecting that as like, that's a horrible disempowered thing to say and, and hopefully getting inspired that you can change your mindset and get through that. But that's, that's, I think what we start, we start to go work on that is the problem and we start to change our mindset and we start to pull out the tools. What do we need to do? Increase awareness of our culture, really hire to culture, fire to culture, the people that don't fit, leaning into the core values, using the stuff we learned in EOS, using better recruiting and, and just getting tougher about that and taking less, tolerating less non and underperformance. But I think that second biomarker I mentioned is probably more critical. It's definitely more critical. And it's the one we skip over a little bit. And it's, it's my job and it's a lot of what I do to take that reading and put those results in front of the leadership team. But it is notable. And if I find it, I'm just sort of talking this out loud or talking this through in while you're listening, a lot, a lot of what I'm saying is sort of me processing this as an inspiration after the conversation with, with Mike, is that I'm pushing there. That's my job. And the resistance to it is notable. The, the idea, like, look around the room. Here's a leadership team. Do we have the right business leader, the right integrator, the right COO, or, or the, the, pers- the non-clinical founder, the non-healthcare founder, the non-physician leader person? who is leading the organization to glue the team together. Or I say, I I talk about it as though it's a non-healthcare leader. To be clear about what I'm talking about, often, most often, the the physician, healthcare leader, founder is not the business leader. Sometimes they are. If that's you, that's great. But whoever's in that seat, whoever's really leading the management of the leadership team, very often not that creative visionary leader slash individual healer very most often not but sometimes it is and so if that's if you're the right person that right seat great but just looking at that seat we see we got to have the business leader the big guns who can glue that leadership team together leadership team meaning head of marketing head of sales head of operations head of scheduling head of whatever your function the head of finance the head of billing the head of revenue op, uh, revenue cycle whatever your three to seven functions are the person who can do that and so I think this sort of invite this, if it is you, it's no less scrutiny. The question is, is that the right person? And I think one of the hard is the answer is probably no. <laughs> so just statistically speaking, probably no. And, even, and maybe especially if it is you, probably one of the big realizations is to look in the mirror and go, you know what, I'm a great healer, but I'm, you know, I really just am not somebody who obsesses about managing a, ma- a management and leadership team. It's not my superpower. And maybe today is the day to realize that. But the, the, whole, the whole reason I'm having this conversation right now is I think the, what I observe is I walk in and I can see it right away <laughs> that this group of people are not, are, they're, they're C's. And, what's, and, and so what do we do about it? They're C's. There are two problems. One is that I know that it's not possible, not practical, not a good idea to say, all right, all new team. That's not what happens. That is not one of the plays in the playbook. We're not going to do that. So where do we start? That's where I'm coaching you. But on your side of the equation, it's like, this is, this is my normal. How bad is it? How do you get comfortable with the idea that like this pool, I'm, I use the pool metaphor 
with my conversation with, with Mike, so I'm going to do it here again. The pool we're in, is this, a, is this the good temperature? Is this clean? Is it healthy? It's the only pool I've ever swam in. Swim, swim, swim. It's the pool I've been swimming in, because I don't know the right word. It's, and I'm telling you, it's dirty. And how do we get it clean? Because I, I, there's a couple of ways to think of it. It's more like we just don't. We get out of that pool and get into, into another pool that I, I've been in a lot and see a lot of people swimming in, and it's very delightful. It's very clean, and it's a great temperature. You're going to love it. And it's, it's a hard thing to do when you're so acclimated to your standard. And even when teams really start to improve and turn over the leadership team and the overall culture, it is a, a process that is uncomfortable because we set a standard of excellence for our culture. We are disciplined. We are, we get things done and, uh, you know, we tell the truth or something, you know, any number of kind of things that are built into our culture. Well, if our culture is a little unhealthy, some of those are going to feel aspirational in spots and truthful in other spots. And we're not going to have that sort of, sort of rigid confidence that like, Hey, you're below the bar, you're out. And it's sort of like, well, you know, they're, they're marginal. They're okay. Let's give them another chance. And so as things evolve, the standard of excellence starts going up and you start feeling like, are, you know, we're ever going to get there because, you know, we keep feeling dissatisfied with the culture as we move along. And so it's this very, for a year or two often, it's this kind of slow kind of simmering feeling like, you know, I just wish we could just binary switch to have like this great culture. And it just still feels like this grind quarter after quarter. We're still dealing with non-fits and bad actors and people who don't fit the culture and toxic people. And so unfortunately, there, there's nothing you can do to change that. But I guess you know, the whole point of having this conversation is to maybe give you some outside awareness to detach a little bit, to start thinking about what if, what if where I'm at is acclimated to a lower standard? And I, I need some belief and confidence. You need some belief and confidence to say, we are going to swim in a really clean, very great pool. <laughs> and that we can get out of this kind of, we'll change the metaphor a little bit, kind of a mucky pond that I'm not exactly sure what's in here. <laughs> and it's, it's been okay. We haven't got any bad diseases, <laughs> at least that have killed us. But we can get into a great situation that is really good. And maybe pool, maybe let's go to pond. Let's go all the way to a clear spring pond with fresh spring water that's delightful and health-giving with lots of minerals. And that's where we're going to cultivate that over time. And it's going to take some commitment, some confidence, some belief and faith that it's possible. And, you know, I think that's tough. I, I think, you know, part of what I, the coaching in your ear needs to be, I'm asking you to have faith. And I know that it's a little hard because you probably haven't been there and you haven't seen it. And it's, you may have been inside an organization outside of healthcare that where the culture was strong and you're like, oh, that'd be great if we could do that too. And then kind of talk to your peers and saw other practices and like, well, it doesn't look like it's that great over here though. So maybe it's not something I have access to. Maybe the people I've seen do it are either exceptions or in other industries and they're not dealing with the same hiring challenges that we are. And I'm telling you, that's bullshit. It's not true. Now, that's not to say there aren't obstacles because there are. And it, it isn't going to be like, just believe and we will get there. It is just believe and have the confidence to keep making your way a little up the mountain, a little more every quarter, which will happen four times in a year. And then one more year and it will 
and sometimes thinking of things in terms of one, two, and three-year journeys can make it feel like uh, so long, like we're running a marathon here, and I don't even like running. This is terrible. So I, I get that, but what I'm here to tell you is that the time is going to pass. Use it well, and when a year or two is behind you, and every single quarter you held the faith that a kick-ass culture was possible and worthwhile, you will be very surprised and very pleased with what you get. And it's going to start with that leadership team. And you're going to have to start raising your standard of excellence, which, does, which requires some unpacking. Because some of you are thinking, my standard of excellence is already near perfect. And so that's not the problem. <sighs> yeah, I get you. I'm, that, I'm in that boat too. And so what that, the difference there is demanding the excellence of future now the wider gap that we have between the performance now and the expectations of the future we have, the more destructive it is, the more we actually make the problem worse. And that's the problem with the folks like us who are the visionary leader types who just, we know what this could be in our mind and we're just never satisfied. And the urgency is so high. We just like, we got to go. Come on. We've already wasted so much time and you're telling me I got to wait more. So yeah. So the standard of excellence has to change from this demand now to belief in the vision. So it's almost like to have that high standard of excellence, you have to sort of put it into the picture of the future, into the three-year picture in the EOS terminology, maybe even the 10-year target, into the core values. Maintaining that high standard of excellence as an ideal and not letting, not dismissing it, not discounting it, but, but holding it outside of you and saying, okay, so the gap is large, and what are we going to do? The standard of excellence has to go up in the form of, so given the gap, what do we do? What is the next step up from where we are? And making sure we're answering that question, not just beating our hand down on the table and, and, and losing our temper and saying, you should know better. Why are you not? Why is there so much, so many stupid things going on in this organization? What is wrong with people? That is not helpful. It has to be, let's assume this is the excellence. We've got it documented. It's on the wall. It's in the VTO. It's in our vision traction organizer, our three-year picture. You know it. We all know it. That's the ideal. Asking the room, asking of the people, where do we go from here? And I think part of the challenge there might be Look, looking at that leadership team and saying, is this the team to get me there? And the answer is, statistically speaking, probably not. In terms of 100% of the people in the room, are they likely the people to get you there? And even if they are for the next quarter, probably not for the next three years. So understanding the humility of, we probably have a lot of work to do on the leadership team. And maybe, maybe some of the inspiration here is, Talk to other leaders, talk to other people outside of healthcare. And this is a great use of organizations like Entrepreneurs Organization, Vistage, C12, Convene. Uh, those are all the, those, those last two are, are uh, Christian oriented, but there's just, just examples to, to work with. Any, it could be YPO, groups like that. Any kind of entrepreneurial leadership organizations where you could get a sense of what people are doing to raise your standard of excellence, not just in sort of one to 10, like let's go to 10, 10 out of 10. Perfect. That's fantastic. That's not what I'm talking about. It's understanding what is that like? 
What does it look like, sound like? What's the language? How would I know a 7, 8, 7, the terrible, 8, 9, 10 out of 10 in terms of the right leader in a, in a seat? So you could start recognizing the difference, acclimating yourself to this, to know, oh, you know what? This, this person really is trying hard, and they keep trying, and that's great. Their enthusiasm is high. Their want is high. Their capacity is low, or their get it is low. They don't understand what we're doing. And, and now I just talked to, to Joey's you know, head of marketing or head of billing or head of financing or whatever, and you know that person really has their, their act together. They got the details. They're very educated on this, and, man, that really felt different. So now we can start setting a higher standard of excellence. And everything is in, we've talked about this in so many different ways. You know, hopefully this is starting to unfold tactically. If you want the end result to be an amazing culture where everybody is right person, right seat, it's going to start with the leadership team and having that three to seven leaders, the right people in the right seat who are at that level of excellence, who really get it, who are not filled with drama, who are not always scratching their head and coming back and asking for apologies and setting low standards of excellence. That though starts with that right integrator, which is, if you're not familiar with that term, that's the boss. That's the, the business leader, business manager, the person who makes sure all of the organization, those leaders are, are the right people in the right seat themselves. And if that's you, then you got to level up. If that's not you or shouldn't be you, then you got to find that right person who really has that horsepower and that capacity. And really, this goes back, again, the same exact thing. I see it over and over again, under horsepowering that seat. Take your business seriously. This is a business. It's a healthcare business, but it's, a, it's an organization that needs to run at a high level, that needs to lead leaders and manage managers and run well. It's not likely you're going to overinvest in this seat in yourself or somebody you hire because what's the capacity of that thing performing at a high level? Like, it's absurd. It's really high. So you, if, if you are thinking about how to promote a mid-level person, a, a somebody who's just kind of worked their way up, who's kind of managed to kind of be a team lead and a, and a friend and an assistant and somebody who's kind of scrapped their way to it. I mean, I'm not taking away from people who are self-taught who can do this. And, and so if you got that, that person who's that, who can just keep going then, then, and build themselves up and learn, then that's great. That, that's, you'll know it, it's working if it's working. <laughs> so if it's working, don't change a thing. But if you're stuck and you've overpromoted somebody and you've given somebody so many benefits to the, of, of, of doubt and to, to learn, it, you're not serving them. You got to step out of that and say, okay, what would it look like if the right person who was no longer taxed at 100% of their capacity just to get through the day, what if there's somebody showed up and like, man, let's really put the horsepower into this because I've got some energy to burn to really grow this organization. You know, what would that do? So start with that and, and raise your, expert, uh, your, your standard of excellence, especially at that spot, but certainly through the leadership team, one by one in those critical roles. And that is what creates the mindset or the, the ability and the capacity for the entire culture and the entire organization to carry the load. And so I think the summary on this is understanding that you could be comfortable in a, in a very bad spot and your normal may be worse off than you think. And it, your mindset shift to acclimate to a different, much higher performing version of normal may be harder to achieve than you think without going outside your organization, getting feedback and leaning on that faith to go find out and feel through interviews, through talking to other people, 
any way you can. Interviews is not a bad way either. If you if, just through the process of, of going through lots of interviews and having large pools of candidates who are like, wow, there's a lot of very smart, capable people in front of me, that can change your set of, of expectations as well. But not just not moving to a a higher level of perfection in your mind. It's getting the tangible reality, getting the talking to people, understand, talking to people, seeing what they say, listening to what they say, starting to get an experience of, oh, that's what they say. That's how they act. That's what they do. That's who they are. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know I could do that and bring that in and really expanding your experience. So your standard of excellence moving forward with patience towards that near version of near perfect vision you have one person at a time one learning at a time in real tangible terms and next steps and making sure you're surrounding yourself with the actual right people in the right seats to move the organization forward until at some point you may need to improve and level up one more time i hope that's helpful i hope that's inspiring to get you motivated to do some things to improve your leadership team ultimately improve your culture run a better business and hopefully live a better life as a result. Again, don't forget, if you're stuck, please reach out. I'd love to help. Give us some feedback as well. Got some feedback in the show notes through the SpeakPipe app. But like I said, if you want time with me, happy to talk you through a first step. Practicefreedom.com slash schedule. In the meantime, share this with your friends. Give us some likes and subscribes and give us all the feedback you've got. We'll see you next time on Practice Freedom with me, Mark Henderson Lear.